step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. Everything is so dumb, 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 from glen to glen and down the mountainside. Is this how we're starting the show today? It better be. This is how we're starting the show. Welcome to the worst year ever. I'm Robert Evans, and that was Oh Danil Boy, a song I sang for our audio engineer, Danil. With me today, Cody Johnston, Katie Stoll, co-hosts, co-friends, I don't know. co-co's, co-co's of the worst year ever. That song was so beautiful. I don't. I think I'm a little too emotional, too a little too worked up to do mm-hmm. the show now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dulcet tones. You know, uh, Scott's been melody. singing "Oh, Danil Boy" for decades, uh, centuries, really. It's it it goes very deep Danil. into their hearts, and they they never knew Danil what does. it meant until until now. Um, mm-hmm. It was uh, mm-hmm. it was written written for this moment centuries earlier. The first time I heard that yes. song was on "Saved by the Bell" when. They had a memorial service for, I believe, a dead iguana. I'm not sure. It was a lizard of some kind. Yeah. Lizard of some kind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, R.I.P. Screech. It was Screech yeah. who died, right? He did die. Yeah, yeah he did. I shouldn't did have die. laughed. Uh, that's a, actually a very sad. I don't. It I, is I, sad. I don't it's a real. It bummer. is sad. Seems like seems like he had a rough go of it. Anyway. Welcome to the worst Saved year ever. By the bell. The oh, oh, ever. right, the worst year ever. Right, 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 right. right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. uh, so today we're going to talk about Joe Biden. Uh, well, we're going to talk Bides. about when you wake up in the morning and your alarm gives out a warning. Okay. Um, <laughs> and you get to the corner just in time to see the bus bus fly mm-hmm. by. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Going, okay. 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 No. 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 <laughs> I lost it. It's fine. We're going to talk about Joe Biden and ICE, uh, because there's been a lot of chat about Joe Biden and ICE. And I think just to contextualize things, uh, before he, while while he was running for president, one of the big things that made all of the liberals angry uh, during the Trump administration was, uh, and rightly so, was Trump's hor- horrific policies uh, towards immigration, towards particularly non-white immigrants, the separations of mm-hmm. families, the kids in cages. Uh, and of course, some people throughout this period did point out that while there were aspects of that that were significantly escalated by the Trump administration, uh, including like the zero tolerance policy that led to a, a, a the family separations. Again, yeah, and the actual thing, family separation aspect of it. Yeah. But. 
that had also happened to a lesser degree in the Obama administration, and deportations had happened to a much higher degree during the Obama administration. Trump did not deport more people than Obama. Now, there were other factors at work, including the fact that the number of people coming into the country um, dropped uh, over the course of the Obama administration. Was and number of terms also. But, yeah, number of terms also. But Obama still deported a shitload of people and did separate families. So there were... There were, even though they did stop that at a certain point when there was pushback, um, there was still a great deal, a lot of people being like, well, you guys really think Joe Biden's going to do anything to help uh, with to help immigrants, going to improve the situation in any way? And obviously, since now he's been in office for, I don't know, like a monthish month, month or so, um, we have some information about how things are proceeding. Now, if you're if you're. Uh, someone who consumes most of their news from Twitter, particularly left-leaning Twitter, the overwhelming uh, thing I'm seeing is Biden is doing basically the same thing. He's no better. Uh, they're putting kids in cages still. Um, I don't think that's entirely accurate from my research, although there are some really solid criticisms of what he's done and some aspects of what he's doing that are have where he has not met his promises. But the whole situation is pretty complex. So we figured we'd take an episode to talk about what is actually going on with with Joseph Robinette Biden and uh, and June. and our good friends at ICE, friends of the pods, mm-hmm. the yes. American uh, Gestapo. Yeah, yeah. I think this is really important because there's a lot of different information floating around and confusion about what it is that is happening and what is mm-hmm. not happening. Yeah, and I I guess let's start with the uh, the new. Immigrant facility for children. There was a Washington Post article that dropped on just February 22nd with the title First Migrant Facility for Children Opens Under Biden. Um, Katie, did you have something you want to you wanted to get into on that? Yeah. Yeah. So that headline slightly misleading in that it Mm -hmm. is not a brand new facility. Uh, mm-hmm. This facility, Carrizo Springs, um, was actually a facility that had been open for exactly one month uh, under Trump back in summer 2019, but had been shut down pretty quickly over big outcry and protests. Uh, but yeah, now it is being reactivated to hold up to 700 children ages uh, mm-hmm. between the ages of 18, uh, 13 and 17. Um, this is an influx facility. Uh, it is not one of the permanent centers that we've seen. It's also not under ICE's jurisdiction. This is under uh, the uh, BCFS. I'm going to talk about that in just one second. Yeah, we sure them. will. Yeah. We sure Buckfuss, we'll will. call them. We'll call them Buckfuss. 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 The justification for this is that, uh, you know, uh, the current centers where you know, children are being held are at overcapacity because of coronavirus. You need to separate people. They also don't want children to be long term in, uh, you know, mm-hmm. detention centers that are not made for them. Uh, there also have been uh, has been an uptick in immigration, people coming to the United States uh, during coronavirus. So these are the different yeah. um, justifications given that said it's a the optics of reopening one of the like, you know, one of the like, uh, for lack of a better word, marquee a child concentration a child concentration camp, camp yeah. but one that was like yeah. the poster child of those things for the Trump administration, right? Uh, is is within this yeah. first thirty day period is truly stunning, and I I think it's important. Yeah, we we need to talk about. Bookfuss, because uh, Bookfuss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Before we get into Bookfuss, I do yeah, want to okay. talk about some ways in which, because but when we get into Bookfuss, we're going to be talking about ways in which Biden is doing the same shit yes, that Trump yes. did. All right. Good um, call. And that Obama did. Before I want to talk about how this is different, because this is not the same thing as this is. And, and people are like yes. mocking the folks like, oh, yeah, they're not child cages. They're migrant detention facilities, whatever. There is a difference. Because these are not children who have been separated from their families. These are children who arrived alone at the border. Yes. And you can argue, as I would argue, that this is not the right thing to do with them. For one thing, there's plenty of fucking open hotels and stuff that would be much more comfortable. But you have a a, a child um, arrive alone at the border trying to get to an adult somewhere in the country. 
there should be some process to deal with them. And that is not the same as a family arrives at the border and we separate them because we have a zero tolerance policy. Absolutely. It is, it is a difference, right? You can't just yeah. have a child that arrives here go on their Wander merry the way, country, right? hopefully yeah. reuniting with the people that they're here to meet up yeah. with. You need to have a, a space for them um, that's safe, you know, and clean, yeah. you know, and, and, and the humane. laws yeah. are, and humane. Um, and, and they're only supposed to be in these facilities for a few weeks, maybe 40 days tops. But if you look at... <laughs> Well, I definitely yeah, under some Trump. Some of those kids have been, are, are in for like, a, yeah, 100 days. 100 days, days 120 yeah. days. Um, I think the average and, is 40. Yeah. And I think that we'll continue to talk about this as the episode goes, but it's important to keep in li- mind. I, it's something that we've talked about over the past four years under Trump. Children hoping to be reunited with somebody here in the States, um, that puts a lot of pressure on the people that they're hoping to meet if they are undocumented under Coming to, you know, coordinate through ICE or this isn't ICE, but, you know, it puts a lot of pressure on them and they have not always felt safe. There's certain things that we don't necessarily think about. Exactly. And it's what the letter of what they're saying they're doing, which is these kids come and we're taking them and we're putting them in a safe place while we try to reconnect them with um, uh, connect them with whatever adult they were coming to live with. Right. That's the stated goal. Now, they also always point out that like they have an evaluation process to see if by whatever standards they have, those adults are fit to receive the children. We don't actually know what their standards right. are. Uh, what I will say is, were this actually a case where the government is finding kids who come alone to the border and putting them somewhere safe and comfortable until and working, spent putting resources into connecting them with their family members in the United States, that would be a good thing. Part of the problem is that because of how fucked this whole system has been for decades now Mm -hmm. and how little trust anyone involved in this has, I have no faith that they are actually trying to do that, right? And no one should have any faith. And if it turns out, if, you know, two years down the line, it's like, no, we we matched all these kids up with their families, we got them out, like, that's exactly what they were doing, then I will say, good, maybe things have gotten better, because that's what should happen, Right. The kids should not be left to their own devices to wander through North America until they hopefully find their family. They should be be given food and resources and medical care and ideally even schooling until they are, are matched with whatever family member they were coming here for. That's the humane right. thing like to foster do. Foster care, things like that. They're, yeah, they're, if, if that's necessary. Hopefully they're not there long enough, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, there's also, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's the kind of thing also that I feel like it's a little frustrating because the, obviously there's a, and we've, we mentioned this, you know, over the years of the Trump administration that, uh, the, the, per, the overtly performatively cruel, uh, acts of like mm-hmm. literally separating these, uh, children from their parents and families, uh, and doing these facilities. I, f- I do find it hard to believe that if Trump did exactly this, then people wouldn't also have a, have a, a, well, an, a problem with it. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a double standard that's really frustrating. You know, there's a benefit of the doubt that people are very quick to give to right now because it's not Donald Trump that's doing it. Right. And like the Mm -hmm. um, even when uh, like even when Obama was doing it um, and not doing the we're going to purposely separate these people, uh, children were detained with their parents um, or family members uh, in detention facilities, and uh, the conditions were horrible. great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they uh, they fought against. Uh, there's this thing called the, the Flores Agreement, which is basically like children detained. You need to like give them toothbrushes and have sanitary conditions and all these things. The Obama administration mm-hmm. fought that because, well, technically they're with parents, so that agreement doesn't apply to this situation. Um, so yeah. there's just a lot of yeah scenarios and things like that where like. Without like without Trump, this all seems very rosy um, for for people, yes. and I and it's not, and um, it's not. I yeah, I think it, that brings us to BCFS because part of why I don't think we can trust that the stuff they're saying is reasonable on paper. The stuff that the the Washington Post quotes the the people here are saying is reasonable on paper. When you learn about BCFS Health and Human Services, which is the the contractor operating this facility it is harder to have any sort of good faith that um that this will be a humane solution because also yes just just uh because of what it is at its core 
Like this is the mm-hmm. industry. It's an industry. Um, and if you're in, yes. the, in the industry of making containers to keep people temporarily uh, who are, quote, like here illegally and things like that, you're going to have the result of uh, which Katie will get into. It's just it's, yeah. it's a core problem yeah. that emanates all of I'm this sure stuff. you guys all have information and stuff to add to BCFS. Um, you might. Buckfuss. Um, yeah, they, they run several facilities. They run six detention facilities in Texas. Um, they also mm-hmm. are behind uh, the uh, absolutely horrific Tornil Tent City that uh, everybody yeah. was outraged about this time last year, maybe a little further. I don't know. Um, I, and there's there, there, there's there's just there are so many stories surrounding this company at these different facilities that are truly they're are horrific. You yeah. know, uh, lots of allegations of inappropriate relationships, inappropriate touching. Um, one of the facilities allegedly served kids raw food undercooked food uh one kid had a severe allergic reaction because they had him eat something that he was allergic to uh at another facility there is a story that a staff member uh helped a kid write to family members or somebody for money and then the staff member took the money uh stories about distributing uh pornographic images to the kids uh and i These are the people that they're choosing to have run this camp. Now, yeah, but <laughs> because it's for profit. And so both you're going to cut costs as much as you can in the things that are meant to keep the children healthy and safe. You're also going to cut costs as much as possible on the people who work there, which means maybe you're not going to make sure that pedophiles or stuff aren't getting these yeah. jobs, you know? And there's this one part uh, of the the Washington Post article that we're, we're currently referencing Um and and they quote Mark Weber. He's a spokesperson for the Department of Health and Human Services. And in the article, there's this little part where I'll just read from it. Weber said the facilities received a bad rap under the Trump administration because many people associated with the detention centers because uh, run by immigration and customs enforcement. But the children always received good care and that never wavered between administrations. We know that that's not true. We know that the children didn't receive good care. Yeah. Uh, how, yeah. What, how am I supposed to trust you? Like, <laughs> you're not even acknowledging the fact that they, they've received appalling care, and we all know it. Uh, that really jumped out at me when I was reading this. I don't know if, if you guys had that same experience. Yeah, but. no, I, I, I did. And it comes back to this problem of all we did was change the people at the top and change yeah. the messaging, right? The messaging is no longer, fuck you, because you came here not through a legal route uh, and also you're not white. Now the message is, well, we have to try to reunite these kids with their families and this is the only place we can put them. And that's more reasonable messaging, but it's the same people and the same yeah. companies and they still yeah, don't give a shit. Yeah. yeah. It's still this, like, it, yeah, and it's the, well, it's not a for-profit prison. It's a non-profit, but it's still a non-profit that runs, like, large detention They're still making money. And, yeah. like, like, that's it's at the core of what they're doing. Um, yeah, it, it, it's this thing where like, yes, the basic job needs to be done in that when children arrive alone at the, alone at the border and they're trying to get to, I don't know, Michigan or something where they have family, they need to be kept safe, safe and healthy uh, and and aided in getting there because they shouldn't it shouldn't be up to them to wander alone across the United States. They're children um, and they probably need health care because that's often something that happens by the time you've gotten across the border because it's dangerous. Um, I the problem is that the system that is now that we're trusting to take care of these kids is the same system that clearly is indifferent to their survival. And that system needed to be burnt to the ground and rebuilt with completely different people and completely different goals for me to have any trust in it. And I just don't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so it just feels demoralizing within a month of uh, mm-hmm. uh, his inauguration, a very clear campaign promise, a very clear expectation from us, the people that voted from him. Uh, and you're right. Something needs to yeah. be happen with these children. There are other options. And uh it, it, it just the again, I come back to the optics is breathtaking of choosing this facility of all the places, you know, mm-hmm. these people of all the people. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that makes me think. Well, fuck it. If the if the alternative is these people taking care of them, maybe they're fucking better off wandering alone across North America yeah. until they reach their family. At least they won't be trapped in with with these motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there are basketball cool. courts on the facility, guys. That's cool. I mean, um, that's good. Well, like yeah, the facilities do look. You look at El Torneo, which is like the thing that everyone operated by the same company that everybody got angry at which was this horrible tent city where like kids were kept in 110 plus degree temperatures in these tents and were basically like camping in extreme weather conditions with adults who could not have given less of a shit about them. Now, like these are clear, these are trailers, but they're clearly like facilities that have insulation and presumably air conditioning and heating. And that that's better. And that's, this is part of what's frustrating is that like, I can look at everything Biden's done on immigration so far and it is better. It is an improvement, but it is not the problems that allowed things to get so outlandishly bad under the Trump administration are not being fixed, and they never will be. They will be temporarily mitigated until another Republican comes in and turns things up again. Right, right. right. And that's, yeah. Yeah, It's um, because, I mean, that's the uh, whole pitch, right? It's not, well, build back better, but Biden's better. Mm. But Biden's better. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. Um, and when yeah, you but he like won't this... be president in four more right, years, probably. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Um, but like, there's also a frustration just in like because there's the, going to be this sort of because like Katie, you're talking about the optics of this, of the situation, which are obviously not good. Um, yeah. And so you're obviously going to have like a knee jerk reaction of like you said, no kids in cages. Here are the kids in cages. It's it's like it's not the same thing because this is like actual like uh, putting kids in a place. But like it's uh, the Mm-hmm. The the messaging of the two thousand dollar checks and now it's actually fourteen and that's what we always meant yeah. and it's three and three or four months later after the original one went so like maybe there's actually like a separation of time that makes them separate payments anyway but regardless of that it's like what do you expect what kind of reaction do you expect when you have this and so when this happens and there's an article like well yeah there's a new migrant children facility um you're gonna have this knee jerk reaction of that's well that seems like also bad and then you're going to have people who use that to be like actually it's good um you're because you're overreacting and and not admit and not acknowledging that it's actually it's slightly better than before because you're not doing that that means that this is actually good and then you get people it like can throwing be their hands up in the air it could be slightly better than it was before and still bad right and like the the result is just like well then what's your idea what do you do and it's just throwing your hands up in the air um, and then you have mm-hmm. uh, people like the Daily Fucking Wire or like uh, <laughs> right wing media who are doing the same thing, but for the other for the wrong reasons. You have people. Yeah. You have them being like, "Oh, you said no kids in cages. Now here they are, and they're doing it because they didn't give a shit, uh, and they're just mm-hmm. trying to like own the libs as opposed to like giving a shit." I don't know. The whole thing is just very frustrating, and like talking about it um, uh, in a public forum is fucking useless, and I don't know why anyone bothers. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, part of the problem is that all of this shit, and by this shit I mean our securing the border stuff, all of the people whose job it is to police the border and the people who come through are, again, the same, and also many of them are monsters, because monsters are attracted to that job, because you get to do violence to people with no power, Um and those people are angry because and they're angry because Biden has pushed back and has restricted some of the things that they wanted to do that some of the hurting people that they were able to do under Trump. They get to hurt people less and they're angry, which is leading to them doing like I, I just want to I'm going to read a quote from uh, an article I read in the Philadelphia Inquirer um, about something that happened not long after um, uh, Biden took office. More than 100 U.S. asylum seekers from strife-torn Haiti suddenly deported across the U.S. border into the dangerous, crime-ridden Mexican city of Juarez, including mothers who had no diapers for their babies and kids with no shoes on their feet. Nobody was at the bridge to receive them, said Tanya Guerrero, an immigration attorney from El Paso who witnessed the midwinter dumping and described it to the Miami Herald. They were just dropped there. And again, this, this, this happened about two weeks into Biden's presidency, um, and this happened after he had paused deportations, which was blocked by a federal judge. And we'll talk for that a bit more. But like the, the the reason like this, it was so cruel. The cruelty is still the point for the people who are actually dealing with this on a daily basis. And, you know, 
it is one of those things I'm sure that the Biden administration can defend as like, well, these people are the entirety of our border policing force. What are you going to do uh, about it? You can't fire them all, to which I would say yes, and just open the border you up. It will could, be better. Yeah. But they're not could. going to do that, right? Don't need to, don't need to fire them yeah. if you abolish the entire organization. Don't need to worry about securing yeah, the border if, if, if there abolish- is no border. Mm-hmm. Food for thought. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We have to take a real quick ad break. Speaking of borders, there's no borders in our hearts between the different products and services that support this part. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Yes. Oh. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. Oh, we're back. Oh, we are back. Oh, my God. We're so fucking back. God damn it, so we're back. good to be back. I fucking love this. Ah. I fucking love it. Mm. What are we talking God. about? God, you know what? Fuck yeah. I'm sorry. I shouldn't mm-hmm. talk about. I shouldn't. Anyway. No, no. Powerfully erotic coming back Ads? from a break. Thank you all oh, for yes. that moment. Every time. It's Every never time. not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's never not. It's Let's never not. It. Let's do it. I think it was that. Plato mm-hmm. who said that the most powerful aphrodisiac was finishing an ad break coming back uh for your more podcast by plato that's you why mean it's like... called coming cody mm-hmm. oh exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. that's the root of that word the greek yeah mm-hmm. okay. all right where were we what were we talking about ah, it doesn't matter <laughs> the waking constant unending nightmare that is the united states border and the law enforcement agencies who patrol it okay A but nice what if it's fine light topic what if it's fine <laughs> Everything about that? It's fine. Yeah. I haven't I haven't thought about that, but I know a lot of people have. Would prefer to think like yeah. that. Yeah. I it would be nice to not to pretend it's not happening, which is part of why I really appreciate this Philadelphia Inquirer article that has a lot of good stuff on it. Um and I there there's four bulleted bullet points that just kind of break down some things that have been happening recently in regards to immigration that I, I I'm just gonna read again because it's it I found it really striking and a really a human summary of the problems that still persist. 
The recent dumping of Haitian asylum seekers in Mexico comes amid what officials and immigration observers had been reporting as a huge spike in deportations to the Caribbean island, which has been plagued by political violence and retribution amid a Trump-style constitutional crisis surrounding its current president in the days since Biden took office. As many as two flights a day filled with rejected asylum seekers, many booted under an executive order aimed to spread the slow of COVID-19, had been arriving in Haiti, compared to just two every month a year ago. In El Paso, ICE moved hastily in late January to deport a Mexican native, identified only by her first name of Rosa, who had been a witness to 2019's horrific Walmart shooting by a Trump aficionado who targeted Latinos and killed 22 people. The woman had been expected to testify at his trial. Advocates, including a Texas congresswoman, are now fighting for the return of Rosa, who'd been pulled over for a broken taillight, as she told the Texas Tribune from her unfamiliar new home in Mexico that, quote, "...sometimes you feel hopeless, and right now, I am in that kind of state." Another, other deportation moves have continued or seemingly sped up since Biden's inauguration and the judge's order blocking the new president's moratorium, including flights to Guatemala, Honduras, and Jamaica, a controversial flight that would have deported Africans back to strife in Cameroon, including some who'd complained about abuse by ICE agents during their Trump-era U.S. detention, was halted with last-minute intervention from top Biden officials. So what I think that puts into context is, number one, the same prop, some of the same problems that were occurring under under Trump are absolutely still occurring. The deportations of refugees back to countries that are not safe for them. It's also not as simple as Biden hasn't changed everything. This is a fight, right? That that court in Texas, and we'll talk more about that, blocked Biden's order to um to stop the uh the deportations. So they are allowed to deport, and they were continuing to deport. And there have been interventions from Biden staffers to stop some of these flights from deporting people, like in the case of that flight bound for Cameroon, which is going through a civil war right now. Um, so it's it's not as simple as Biden has done nothing. There is a fight going on here. But, I think we do have to acknowledge that. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't there? I, I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me, but I can pull it up. But um, something about that they had the ability to schedule when the de- deportations could could happen that they could potentially Biden's administration would still have the ability to potentially postpone some of these deportations. Even well, they, the, they, they have postponed some, of okay. them. um, not all of them. And I, I don't fully understand. Some of it's just that like, there's so much of this going on, right? right? Um, it's such a large organization and the people who are doing the deportations do not want the White House to be particularly well or informed in a particularly mm-hmm. timely mm-hmm. manner because they they want because they're racist to want to deport these people, um, which is I'm not none of this should be said to like uh, sort of apologize for the failures of this the administration, but to acknowledge that there are people within it who are like there again, there's a, a struggle going on. Um, and I, I think that's important to understand yeah. one of the things that's going to make reform of it difficult is that all of these people, all these fucking racists are, still have jobs, right? Mm-hmm. That needs to change. Otherwise, it's going to keep being a fight. Anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. Yeah, I found a good quote in that article by Stephen Yale Lower, who's a, an immigration expert who teaches at Cornell Law School. Uh, and he said uh, to the interviewer, um, basically that that... He was trying to trying to explain why it's going to be so difficult for Biden to undo the policies Trump put in place. Quote, first, former President Trump emboldened ICE agents to arrest anyone they suspected of being here illegally, even if the person merely overstayed their visa. ICE officials will not want to return to the pre-Trump era, where they were supposed to prioritize deporting immigrants who had serious criminal convictions. That is harder work. And Biden has, through an executive <laughs> order... Yeah, it's hard. It's hard when you just can't arrest and deport anyone who's not white. It, Biden did put out an executive order pausing or or like directing them to focus on people who presented some sort of a threat, um, like, you know, someone who's got a conviction for child molestation or whatever. But that doesn't mean they're all going to follow it. And oh, it's, again, it doesn't mean that at all. DHS. <laughs> yeah. Just because there's a directive saying like, you know, only if they're a violent criminal, mm. this X, Y, Z, only this. What do you? Yeah. yeah. Now, cops, don't you yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. And this is. The, yeah. And again, it just keeps coming back to the problem that, like, if you're not going to shit can all of these people and, by the way, eliminate the Department of Homeland Security, at least eliminate ICE. But Border Patrol is much larger than ICE and a much bigger problem. Right. ICE is more theatrical with their cruelty so they get the attention 
Border Patrol is a way bigger. If I had to choose one of the two to get rid of, I would pick the fucking Border Patrol because they do a lot more damage. Mm. Um, but um, ICE is, is, is the kind of the cutting tip of this. And one of the things that has made it more difficult for the new administration to change things is that in like days before Biden was inaugurated, Trump's head of ICE signed a labor agreement with the union that represents ICE officers, uh, and the deal would give the union the power to indefinitely delay changes to immigration enforcement policies that it does not agree with. And I believe this is why that court in Texas reversed the deportation stay that Biden had put in. Right, because they because, didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't want to do it. And Trump's pick, like the, the last thing he did in office was be like, yeah, you guys don't have to follow any rules you don't want to follow anymore. Like that was his last <laughs> fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, yeah, that's that's a problem. Um, and it's a that's problem. That's one of those that stories be... that just goes right under the radar and nobody notices. Yeah. And then it affects. Yeah, and it's. And then this happens. About, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's hugely important. Um, and there's there has been like this is one area where if you're again trying to actually look at things um somewhat fairly, uh, this is an area in which Biden administration the Biden administration has fought back. Um, it was Ken Cuccinelli who um uh entered into the agreements with the uh, the ICE union um that allowed it to indefinitely delay things. And uh, I believe it was like last week, last Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, um, the Department of Homeland Security uh, put like uh, sent out a message to the ICE union telling them that it had determined that this agreement was, quote, not negotiated in the interest of DHS and has been disapproved because it is not in accordance with applicable law, according to an agency spokesman. Um, yeah, so... This is something the Biden administration is pushing back on um, and saying that, like, this this does not count anymore. This is not actually the agreement we have with you. Ken Cuccinelli did not have the right to make that agreement. Um, and it's still, yeah, like the te state of Texas sued as a result of this agreement. And that's what uh, canceled Biden's de deportation moratorium. And we don't really know how this is all going to work out, right? This is going to be a big, a, a big court fight. Um, but it, it's not as simple as Biden said, stop deportations, a court said no, and Biden said, okay, keep deporting. They are actively fighting the union over this, but it's going to be some big fucking court fuckery because that's the way this shit works, I guess. Yeah. Which is dumb. Um, which is, yeah, and it's frustrating and, mm -hmm. um, it gets into a lot of like, you know, okay, he said he would, uh, stop, he would put an end to yep. this and then he didn't. And now, so now you have people saying, well, he promised this and didn't promise this. And then you have people being like, well, that's yep. politicians embellished. That's how it is. Like, well, yeah, people mm -hmm. don't like that. Um, and yeah, acknowledging like that. how hard these things were going to be. Um, it would be refreshing, but um, it would be refreshing if he would sit down and do the president thing and be like, Hey, we're trying to do this. Here's the fight. I'm not a dictator. I'm the president. And yeah. they were given this right, and now we have to fight in court. And I want you to know this is the fight that I'm going through now to stop this thing, right? It, seems it would so be nice to have that messaging. To yeah. just yeah. communicate that, articulate that, yeah. so that people understand, and so that we know what we have to do. We know how to pay attention, and we understand what things to be upset about and what not, what to be pushing for. Yeah. Um, and it, it's think... always just so confusing why the Dems... Mm -hmm. Don't do those basic things. The, yeah, basic communication is they like get defensive. The fundamental, yeah. like a fundamental quality of like good leadership. That's what you want. A yeah, good and, communicator. It, and it's it, Trump was lying usually when he did it, but it's what he did well. Is when he would have an issue, when there would be a struggle, he would take it right to his yeah uh, to his supporters. He would go direct to them and be like, "Hey, this is what's happening. This is why this thing isn't going on. They're trying to so stop they this. They're doing this. Shit. Exactly. Yeah." yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and part if of it I think, works part of when you're Biden, lying, yeah. it should work when you're telling the truth too. Yeah. yeah, especially since he has a real case here. He can be like, "Hey, I'm fighting as hard as I can for this. Here's the problem." Of course, one of the issues is that he would have to say the problem is that ICE agents have a union, and maybe law enforcement unions are fundamentally toxic and outside of the interests of the people. And Biden's never going to do that. Um, well, right. I, so I there might be a factor in this. <laughs> yeah, ICE has a union, but yeah. Amazon can't. Uh, well, there's a there's a cynical view. Like yeah. it's it's frustrating because like the you know no, they can part part of the Dem problem is just Hopefully. like incompetence. They can't they can't communicate that right. kind of stuff. Right. 
But also, like the cynical view is like mm-hmm. they in certain cases they don't want to because they know X or Y or Z. If they try to communicate mm-hmm. this, they would have to arrive at a conclusion that they don't actually want to get to. Um, they would have to yeah. get to the point of like, and actually, here's the real problem. Here's what we should do. Um, but they don't want to do the fundamental change. They don't want to do the. They don't want to actually do the big stuff. So they can't really communicate the problem because the logical conclusion yeah. is the big stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah. it helps. It helps yep. to be to be bad at communicating uh, and bad at messaging because then it obfuscates everything and you can't really get to the core problem, which they yep. don't actually want to get to. Um, in theory, I yep. don't know. I don't know these people. In theory, Who knows? maybe they really yeah. want to, and they're just like they don't like. Maybe they don't like communicating. Maybe they don't like talking. Maybe uh, they yeah. prefer maybe, to like just send off tweets. Word, like they're Biden's, Biden's dogs. Father. Look at these dogs that the president has. Maybe they shouldn't yeah. work in politics then. Mm, interesting. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Communication style is silence. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's all frustrating because, like, you can see with all of this stuff, if the same stuff were going on, how, how a better president might do things, but it would also require yeah. him to be more explicitly left wing to say, we need to fucking get rid of this border shit. Um, yeah. We need to. St- it, at the minimum, if we're going to have a border, because I think most Americans do want to have a border, and I don't get my way on this, <laughs> if we're going to have a border, it meant to be like, well, we need to fire, and we need to replace at least the majority of people currently doing that job uh, with folks who are, number one, compensated well enough that we can bring in decent people, and two, people whose goal is to actually help folks, um, right. not just to facilitate travel, but help folks that are suffering and trying to flee here, and make an ethical system to 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 handle that flow of humanity what the not like not even like the pay would probably help but like just the responsibilities and what the job entails yeah if you Mm -hmm. if you change it to like wow here's this facility that you work in where you're taking care of these people as opposed to like watching over them and like keeping them in right like there's a there's a, a an treating them like of, criminals yeah there's an aspect of the job that's like yeah. well, we're guard we're guards we're guards here yeah. um and if you have that dynamic, guards and these are criminals yeah. yeah if you have that power dynamic and that that uh that's the job description then who yeah. are the kind of people that you're going to attract as opposed to like have it be a nurturing sociopath sort coding. of yeah yeah exactly um i don't know yeah. it's very um yeah but again you I, can't talk about i do want to be yeah, can't talk about it. No, can't talk about that. Um, there have been some positive developments. Uh, one that is kind of more of a I don't know. It's one thing that Biden could do unilaterally. It's not a big deal compared to the other stuff. But he's directed Homeland Security officials have been directed to stop using the words like alien and illegal alien uh, in communications with the public and within the agency. That sounds uh, like to refer to people who are not U.S. citizens. Uh, yeah. It's not uh, nothing. It's not a huge deal, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. I don't know. Maybe it'll prove um, to be. I, I'm not going to say it's nothing know. to change that messaging. Yeah, I. That's stuff not yeah. like that. Always makes me think the two things, right? Where it's like, well, that's good because language does. Um, does uh, matter. Yeah. Lead. It does. It influence matters, thought. and like it leads to the way you the way you talk about things and communicate things. It does uh, influence people and lead. You know, they're like we talked about dehumanizing language that has a that has a path. There's a there's a end goal with that kind of language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they're like we know that. And so adjusting that yeah. language could could help. But also part of it. My other reaction is like, so you're just changing the way yeah. you talk about the shitty thing that you're doing to make yeah. it seem better. Yeah. What makes the most tangent tangible impact on somebody's life right now in this crisis moment? You're just yeah. telling me something that's. I mean, like, yeah, sure, let's let's do that, but also what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I, yeah, yeah. I don't there's... at all disagree with you, and I find this frustrating too. And I found myself having difficulty, like, even bringing it up. But also, we all complained, and I think rightfully so, about the ways in which the last administration used language to dehumanize these people. Yeah. So I do think if we're actually going to be fair, we have to point out. This is it's positive that this has been reversed. It's not yeah, enough. Exactly. It it's, doesn't it's, it's mean that things are going. Yeah. Good. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah, just it a thing that, that happens that isn't bad. Um, yeah, it's a thing that happens that isn't bad, and it's the kind of thing that like okay, that's good. Rehumanizing language yes. is good. Humanization of of human beings is good. Um, but you need to pair that with uh with other yeah. more material tangential things. It's the same thing it's with like, like yeah. 
it's like if your dog got into the garbage and ate an entire rancid chicken carcass, and then for three hours while you were away, vomited and shat all over four different rooms of your house, and also your cat. Are you talking about my a... evening last night? <laughs> I am, Katie. And also your you cat missed this before we started recording over and spilled a small amount of coffee on the ground. And you start by cleaning up the coffee, and it's good. You needed to get that coffee off of your floor, yeah. but you still have three rooms that are completely coated in dog shit. Um, and that that is a much that's going to take you a lot longer. Yeah. To handle. <laughs> multi-pronged effort is required. There. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of coffee. Maybe there's a commercial for coffee coming up. I don't know. You know what coffee doesn't <laughs> taste like dog shit? Whatever, Whatever coffee the, the, the this, thing is. This coffee. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get Mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get Mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot we are back um last thing i had to talk about before we move on to whatever's next is um a thing that is more concrete and positive as a result of the immigration changes and i'm gonna i'm gonna quote from an article on by kqed um which i believe is a local california uh news station um, for six years, Armin Darrowy has been trying to bring his elderly father to live with him in California, but Darrowy's 82-year-old dad is in Iran, and the Trump administration's travel ban created an obstacle the family struggled to surmount, despite hiring lawyers, applying for a waiver, and persistently writing to U.S. officials. Too much time, too much emotion, and we do not have our dad here yet, said, Dur- said Darrowy, 42, a naturalized U.S. citizen who is an anesthesiologist living in the Central Valley of Visalia. It has been a rough six years for us. Now that President Biden has revoked the travel restrictions for people from 13 Muslim-majority and African nations, Darawi and others feel hopeful that they'll finally be able to reunite with relatives from those countries. And so that that's good. That's a, that's a significant change. Now, obviously, just from this story, you know this guy and his family have a significant amount of financial privilege, right? He's a fucking anesthesiologist. You don't make nothing doing that. They have the money for the lawyers and stuff. But it's still a situation where... There are thousands, probably tens of thousands of families who will be able to get reconnected to their family members as a result of this. Someone we've talked about on the show a couple of times, a journalist I follow who's done some great coverage in Lebanon, Salome Anderson. Her husband is a Lebanese man, and after Biden took office, he was able to finally enter the United States to be with her for the first time since they got married. Um, that, that's good. That's, that's, a, that's good. That's good. 
I, I don't I don't have a whole lot else to say on it other than like this is a, a meaningful the reversal of that Muslim ban is yeah. a is a meaningful positive yeah. step. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's yeah. not all dog shit and dog puke. It's not all dog shit and dog puke. Some of, and, some of it uh, is dog... just a spilled coffee. Yeah. Some of it's a, some some of it's, it's a yeah, dog some of, kiss some in your face and the dog recently you, threw up. And he gives you pink eye. Exactly. Yeah. And he gives Dogs you pink can eye. give you pink eye. Um, mm, watch that. Watch out for that. There, there's another, a bigger deal. I th- Well, I don't know if it's a bigger deal in terms of numbers, but a, a deal that is helping people who do not have as much financial privilege for sure. Um, was Biden's one of Biden's first executive orders um, was to uh, allow as many as 125,000 yearly refugees to enter the United States. We took in 15,000 last year. That's significant. That's a big deal. That's a big improvement. That's a lot of people helped. And that those are people who are very desperate. Um, and that's a good thing. Now, one of the things that's unsettling about that is that uh, of all of his first month executive orders, his plan to allow more refugees to enter the United States was the only one that was opposed by a plurality of voters, hmm. um, according to yeah. a morning consult survey. So that's not that's not it's great that he he did that. It's not great that that's how a lot of Americans feel, although morning consult is not the most reliable of pollsters. So I wouldn't I wouldn't put that- all of my faith in that kind of yeah. goes well with something that I've been thinking about. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't know what this looks like in terms of implementation or how we do this, but the way we think about immigration is bad <laughs> as, as Americans, most Americans, mm-hmm. like obviously it's tricky. You can't have everybody come as much as you want to, you know, like, I mean, maybe you can, maybe I'm missing the data there, but like it, that's tricky. That's tough. But in general, our approach to immigration should be so much more open-minded because we need immigrants. We need them. We need them as a mm-hmm. big part of our workforce. It's a part. It's not yeah. just like the American story. We de- we depend upon them. And and uh, and I've read something recently. I've I've seen this talked about in a couple articles. But there are actually quite a lot of people here, immigrants here, that are very hugely helpful parts of our society yeah. that want to return home that don't yeah. feel good here. And one of the reasons that they can't is because of our immigration system. If you go home, you can't come back, back and forth and yeah. stuff like that. And yeah. there's a lot to unpack so there about how we treat people and how we think about it and how we value their contributions to to us as a society, mm-hmm. society culturally. And there's just this... Yeah, it comes back to the use of the word alien, all of this dehumanizing. Yeah. Most immigrants aren't aren't taking away jobs, you know. They're they're doing jobs that other people don't want to do and they're happy to. Um mm-hmm. anyway, it's just it's it's that to me is something that we don't talk about. Yeah, I mean enough, um is the value. You know, and I I think it goes even deeper than that because there's there's the if you want to argue things objectively, and I do when I'm arguing about immigration with my conservative relatives, um, you can point out that the vast majority, more than three quarters of um, of undocumented immigrants pay income tax, right? Mm-hmm. They actually do pay their taxes. The IRS allows you to pay taxes if you are here illegally, um, and it's smart to do so because the IRS is not you, you know you can you cannot piss off the IRS and reduce your risk if you pay your taxes, and most people in that situation do. Um, and of course, you can ar- look at the evidence that, like, well, uh, people who came here uh, from somewhere else are less likely to commit violent crimes, less likely to commit any kind of crime. Um, you know, the, it, it, the, there, there's those sort of arguments you can make that are kind of material about how these people benefit our society in kind of a very straightforward capitalistic way. And I don't think that's worthless in terms of pointing out, especially when you're arguing with, you know, racists or. Yeah, it depends on who you're arguing with, especially. Um, for me, the big issue is that before you're looking at a lot of communities, when you're talking about Mexico, you know, Baja, California, California, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, all of these, these places, all Latin America, all the way up through the American Southwest, a lot of the different peoples and, and ethnic groups would travel and interchange constantly. Yes. And when these borders came down, people's families were split up. And some yeah. people are like, well, now you're, you're a U.S. citizen. You're a Mexican. like, 
But that doesn't mean there's not still these bonds that were severed by these artificial things that we created. Yep. Um, so that's a factor in it for me that like these divisions shouldn't be here, shouldn't be separating people because they're unnatural and they're splitting up groups that have not that that have been able to to travel between one another for a long time. Mm. There's also this factor of like, well, this is all stolen land, you know. Um, and yeah, you know, if you just look at the looking at the the situation as it is politically now, um, people aren't just gonna like give it all back and 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 leave. That's that's not a political thing that is particularly close to happening at this moment. Um, so the least thing you can do is stop saying that like, well, you can't travel up to see your relatives here or back home because of these these fake things that we put in place yeah. for the sake of money. Um, Often arbitrary. Like that's the least things. we could do. Yeah, arbitrary fake things. We can, if you're not going to like give it back, you can at least stop, make the the fake thing you invented Patrolling, less harmful, yeah. right? Yeah. If you're not going to get rid of it, you can make it less toxic, you know? Um, yeah, build it back better. So that's where I land. Yeah, build it back better, right? If you're going to build it back, which I don't necessarily agree with. <laughs> right, right. If we, <laughs> at least, if we have to build it back, at least do a better job. Build yeah. better. It's a new BBB. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do want to talk about like this thing that is, I don't know if it's frustrating to y'all, but I get frustrated at a lot of the left-wing discourse I see around it, which is emotionally right. And the emotion is that Biden has not done enough and not fulfilled his promises, but is not factually right when they talk about like, well, there's still kids in cage. It's the same thing as the trend. It's not the same thing. And I also don't want to make those arguments because I don't want to be like nickeling and diming human rights. I just am this, because I, I pay attention to what's happening. I get frustrated when like the nuance is lost. I don't know. And it's, it's, yeah, it no, doesn't matter fair. in a political sense. Cause in a political sense, what matters is there's still kill children and, and in a humanitarian it's, sense, there's still kids being mistreated. I don't know. And often know. the are like, I definitely uh, sympathize with that uh, frustration. And, and oftentimes the call for nuance is used to dismiss mm -hmm. the entire thing. Which is why oftentimes I'm like, yes. yeah. talk about amongst yourselves, I'm not going to participate. Because like, anyone trying to be like, well, actually, it's usually to just be like, so what are you going to do? It's good. Yeah, I think my frustration, it's not really even with the left, because everybody does it. It's just my frustration with social media and the need to have like a pithy and angry take. On everything. The anger's justified, but do we have to be misstating the facts in order to be angry? Because correcting things, then you seem like you're defending Biden and defending the flaws in what's I don't know. I'm, it's just everything. And like the, communica the, the, communica the everything communication works. and the decisions come from the administration, yeah. and then the media presents yes. it in, in this light, and then that is easily taken to do this and this and this. It's a whole, uh, it's a whole process that happens, and uh, every little piece makes it worse. Uh, from where yeah. it starts to where it ends. Um. And it just makes it very, very hard to, uh, yeah, to talk about. It. And, you know, it's hard to criticize Joe Biden without being told that you actually yeah. love Donald Trump. Um, yeah. For me, this is the where point where I where want ends. people up, my to stay awake, wake back up. I think that there's a lot of talk about just at least in my circles online, especially on like Instagram, social media of like we deserve a break. We've survived all this stuff. I want to check out. And for yeah. me, I, I have a knee-jerk reaction to want to be sharing things and say, like, hey, guys, look, time to mm – -hmm. I think I did actually post it. It's like, all right, break's over. Wake up. Break, Not to say, over. like, this is necessarily the worst-case scenario, but to say now's the time to pay attention. Now's the time to read things carefully and not just assume that the headline you saw, the propaganda you saw, or – the really extreme angry take is correct. We have a lot of information and you have to sit down and you have to pay attention and and not just when Donald Trump's yeah. in office. Um, yeah. And we're also hardwired after years of this of like yeah. saying like there's there's again with everything, there's the the healthy way to state and and express that impulse in the unhealthy way. The unhealthy way is 
finally, we can go back to brunch, right? The problems are over. It's fixed. Yeah. We have the we have the nice, polite white man in the office, so everything's good now. That is unhealthy. That's toxic. That's dangerous. That's how we got to this. Also, he, he like shoved him. voters, so he's not actually that polite. But go ahead. Yeah, he's he's not all that polite. Yeah, <laughs> yes, Cody. I'm not. I'm not saying he's polite. I, I, know, I, I know. I know. I'm, I know. I'm I know, taking I know. a character. Um, the healthy thing is to be like, I am fucking exhausted. The level of constant outrage and and horror and anger at how fucked up things are and were the last four years is unsustainable for me as a human being. And things are still on fire, but the fire's not spreading quite as quickly right now, and I need to take a fucking break from being outraged. That's reasonable. That's perfectly healthy. And you you can, and you should, and you... It's this kind of thing. I've been seeing it with some of the more dedicated chunks of the Portland protest movement. The people who um, keep can't keep going out, couldn't stop, like have not stopped going out, and they're right. The outrages they were angry at last summer have not abated, or at least have not abated enough. They should still be angry. Um, but also, I see these people destroying themselves. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And and because. You, you you do need to take a break. You need to fucking just look like the, the military sends people back for leave after a deployment, right? Because people burn up and destroy themselves if they're constantly plunged into traumatic stimuli. Um, and so it's, you know, the, the thing to say is not we don't have to worry now, but the thing you you can and should say at points is like, I can't worry right now. The fight mm-hmm. goes on. Other people, people need, I need, I need to take couple of weeks, I need to take a month, or I need to cut aspects of social media or whatever out of my diet. I'm not going to stop fighting, yeah. but like, I can't continue to expose myself directly to the outrage. I'm going to focus on this one thing that I can make an impact on. I continue to have support for people doing the other fights. This is the thing I can make a difference in, and I, I just can't be as plugged in right now because I need to be healthy. That's yeah. perfectly reasonable, and that I will allow you to be useful for longer. Such an important part, and, and useful for longer because... This is lifelong work. The changes that yeah. we want There's to a see lot that's bad. <laughs> aren't happening. Yeah. Like I, I get caught in this thing or at least the beginning, Biden, beginning when Biden first got inaugurated, I, we're still at the beginning. But <laughs> there was something in me that was like, all right, there's, we've got two years to do meaningful things that to, to really try to maintain our edge in the Senate and the House and all this stuff. It's like, well. The reality is, is it's so much bigger than that. It's so much longer. Mm-hmm. And and we are all burnt out from social justice issues that are so important. Coronavirus, you know, our stress, our anxiety, our fear right now. This it's it's a lot. And I I tweeted this the other day. It was just cheeky, but we all deserve a vacation. Everybody deserves it. Even if you don't think that you do, you you were under an incredible amount of stress. That isn't to say that we all get to piss off. But you have yeah, got to listen like, to your body and you, and you yeah, have to have that perspective yeah. that we have one, one body and one life. There's a difference between acknowledging that you're tired and thinking that yeah. you're done. And thinking yeah, you're exactly. Like, but you just you have to take and, the time. You know, the reality is that a lot of people listening right now, a vacation is not something they can take either because, I don't know, you've got, you've got kids or something. You I, just can't take a break you from can't. everything that's difficult right. or whatever. But you still deserve but it was can, my point. It's like you deserve you, you, rest. You deserve it. And a vacation doesn't you, have to mean you're going somewhere tropical. To me, it means like doing no. something for you. Yeah. And it, even if that thing is, I am going to not pay as close an attention to the news for two weeks. I'm going to take a break from social media, from exposing myself to the fire hose of shit. That's okay. Except for listening to worst year ever and even more news. And you obviously keep listening. (laughs) You know what? Just, just turn, turn the audio on your phone down and play the whole episode. We get the money either way. You're good to go. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, Just download it, but you don't have to listen. (laughs) All right. I think that's about, I think that's about what we got. We did it. Turn your volume up for the end of the show where we say goodbye. Play. Thanks for listening. You yeah. can find us online at Worst Year Pod. That's what you turned up the volume for. Yeah, Worst Year Pod. Now you know. And play us out. Us theme song. Everything's so dumb. Everything's so dumb and it's gonna get dumber. Great. I tried. 
channel. Lovely. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Get in zone. AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.